Well, it's a good evening here in um, in the studios of Brisbane of Radio FM88 Australia. And um, of course, it's just gone past seven o'clock here on the East Coast. It's nine o'clock in New Zealand. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. And that's for our friends in the Northern Hemisphere, who's directly right above us, right at the very top in the pink. That's uh, none other than Andrea Forrest. So it's 10 o'clock in the morning and she's um, out there in the woodlands there of um, the Somerset, Wilshire today. Where are you broadcasting from? I'm in Wiltshire today. I'm at Bradford-on-Avon. Um, I'm, we're still on our lovely little canal boat or my sister's boat, which is over that side. And then we have the river over that side and the train station. And literally right behind me is um, the Tithe Barn, which is a 14th century monument. So, um, yeah, lots. it's a lovely place to be. So, Anyway, good morning, everybody. Good evening, good day, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world and whenever you listen to the replay. So today, my lovely guest is Manyanya, um, who's going to talk about oh gosh, so many things. I'm not quite sure where I'd like you to start, really, because um, I know you do sound and light technology, which is one of my, pa well, one of my passions. Um, you do herbal harmonics. Um, you're bringing out teas and all sorts of things so would you like to start at the very beginning that what set you on this pathway and I know we share the same birthdays we're both 11 11s and I believe was it two of your sons were 11 11s as well yes yes all 11 11s in my household and and an eight so um you know the 11s are the bringers of the um of the technology of the future of the higher wisdom, basically grounding higher wisdom. So it was an interesting um, place to uh, experience family, really. Um, <laughs> quite, I always used to say, you know, that my children were my greatest teachers, and the things that used to come out of their mouths were just were absolutely astounding. So, um, but I guess where it started for me was. Um, through my family heritage, my both my parents um, come from very strong healing backgrounds. My mother is um, from the Royal Zulu Crawl of um, South Africa, and so she has the Royal Zulu blood running in her veins. And the um, the shaman of the Zulu who passed away recently, Credo Mutwa, he used to say that his people came to Earth on spaceships. So there's my direct cosmic lineage, really, to the um, to that cosmic aspect that I bring through. And then my father, when he was actively healing, um, he he could hands-on heal like that. He was very powerful. He the energy in the room used to go down ten degrees, and he used to he used to say that he healed uh, with the energy of Odin. And, of course, Odin is one of the Norse gods who brings in the energy from the higher realms, the higher dimensional earth, through Asgard and through that mythological connection to the higher cosmic earth. And so really from both sides, I've got this very, very strong lineage coming through both cosmic and multidimensional and um uh, I was born in Africa and spent the first eight years there and then my parents immigrated to New Zealand and they actually settled in a town in 
the middle of the North Island called Te Aroha, which um, Aroha, as we know in Maori, means love. So I, I tell people, you know, I grew up at the base of the mountain of love. And oh. um, <laughs> and New Zealand is the, the remnant of um, the great continent of Lemuria. So the great mountain peaks of Lemuria are actually um, the remnants of the land um, which is New Zealand. And there's, in Tiaraha, there's water that comes up from Lemuria that is the only water in the world with that. It's, so it's thermal, obviously, um, but it's the only water in the world with that particular thermal makeup. And often when I go home, I sit with my feet in those hot ponds and I literally feel like I'm sucking up the energy from Lemuria and downloading information from, from that active active land it's still very active mm -hmm. so um so that's kind of where my background is from as far as the healing ability and I grew up in a household where it wasn't like you know my parents are healers it was just put your hands on me I've got a headache or put your hands on me because my back's sore or um just a, just a knowing of this um you could say spiritual principle or um healing energy that because it comes through the lineage um, neither of my brothers, I'm in the middle, and neither of my brothers are, um, you would say, active healers. But, um, you know, there's an innate kind of connection to a deep spiritual knowing. Mm. And uh, and then I think what happens is you have this deep spiritual knowing and then you go on the journey to remember that you know what you know. And I think that's the integration part of the spiritual aspect having to be integrated into the human experience. Um, so then when I was in my early oh, early 30s with my first child, I went back to New Zealand for a little while and um, at the base of that mountain I had uh, in a meditation circle, I had uh, an event, I guess, that happened with um, a Pleiadian being or I should say she came, she comes through the Pleiadian gateway because the Pleiades is a gateway of sorts. And um, that is what you might call, a. she was what you might call a walk-in, though she walked in, but she didn't take over. She kind of slid in like a, a bit like a second skin, you know, but um, it was a huge cellular um, download as she came in and my life changed forever. From that moment and um, I, you know I had an eight-month baby and I had two more babies to get in and um, and then after that third baby was was in things really started happening I started um, well she actually appeared to me physically twice uh, three in a three-dimensional holographic form and um, and that was quite profound because, again, more downloads. And remember, I didn't really know anything about this cosmic thing. I knew I came from a spiritual background with my parents, but the whole cosmic thing was a little bit, it was totally unknown to me. Um, and so it was really everything was just on need to know and trust in the moment. And, and basically she came in, she started speaking through me this light language. Um, I had then set up a healing practice. We drew glow glyphs and codes all over the walls and I thought I was going a bit bonkers but my youngest my middle son used to come in he was about five or six and he'd go no mummy that should be there no mummy that's the wrong color no mummy you need to do that over there and I'm like who are these children like 
how do they know all this stuff? But then through, really just through allowing the process of allowing this being and trusting this being, um, this whole body of work came through and she just wrote through me, channeled through me. I spent years just drawing, like in a meditation, sitting with the ocean, singing and downloading for years and years and years. And those are what, so she, she called that sound and light body technology which I still didn't really know what it was all about. It was all a bit strange, but I was just trusting this process. I was so blissed out and relaxed and meditative when she was coming through me. Um, and th this one is an advanced code. So this is one of a series of 17 codes that came in as blueprints um, on uh, an Easter weekend. So the first one, the feminine codes came in the year before, and these are called the keys of the kingdom, they're the masculine codes, and this is one of them. But the original blueprints don't look like this. Then learned to use a graphics program, and I used to sit in front of this computer and literally watch her come in and use the program. If you ask me how I did this, I go, I have no idea. I don't know what buttons she pressed. I don't know how she does it. Um, and so it started kind of becoming familiar with it, almost like I was colouring in my blueprints on the computer. And then um, she just kind of took it to another level after that. And then what we're looking at now are the, um, the blueprints, what I would call the amplified seed codes for the, um, the blueprints for the, the new human genome, the new technology. This one's called the 13th strand. It's a DNA code for the 13th, anchoring the 13th code DNA. And I used to draw a lot of jellyfish. And, um, I, I, you know, if you want to know something, you just ask. Ask and it is given. So I was in a constant communication with her and say, why am I drawing jellyfish? And she'd say, well, jellyfish hold the ascension codes within their light bodies for the earth and humanity. They're the um, highest frequency beings on the planet, apart from the dragonfly. The dragonfly and the jellyfish, the dragonfly holds the light codes and the jellyfish holds the cosmic light codes. So a lot of jellyfish used to come in because as I was downloading the codes, you see, all I had to do was just download them through my body. And as I was downloading them, it's like they come through the instrument and they're activated through the atmosphere. And the atmosphere, which is like the water that we live in, takes the frequency of the codes and plays it through consciousness. So for, that was a bit challenging for me because as humans, we're like, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with it? And it's like, you're doing it. You're doing it. All you do is you sit and you play and you draw and you colour and you be blissed and you sit in nature and this is this is what we do. Um so I knew I was working with water, specifically with um, the liquid light spectrum within water. And we know that water is a conductor of energy and it also holds information, which is why I used to sit with the water, with the ocean, because the ocean is a living light library and the whales in the ocean hold the Akashic libraries in their bodies, in their cosmic light bodies. And um, I also used to go out every year into Harvey Bay. I've done it for the last tw nearly 20 years where I work with the whales and I download codes directly from the whales as well. So it's um, 
You know, it's something now that I can talk about and I've developed a language for it. But in the beginning, I, I didn't even have words for what was going on. I, I was just in the work. I was just, if I didn't have three children that, you know, when I would go into that zone where I was downloading a whole body of 18 codes and I had to get them in by a specific cosmic alignment, which, again, I didn't know I was getting it in by a cosmic alignment. I didn't know it was a solstice or a full moon or Venus was aligned with Mars. or I had no idea. I was just focused, almost you could say, almost like a manic energy, just I have to get this in. And my children would come up to me when I was sitting at the computer doing a lot of the intense colouring and they'd go, Mummy, eat toast. Mummy, here's tea. Mummy, <laughs> feed her, give her tea. Um, this code, this is one of the original seed codes that I bought in. I bought 12. She called them the accelerators and they were seeds. And in this year, those seeds have erupted into the the into the, the cosmic flower garden. And this one is actually called um, this is this was interesting because it it it, it it's like the erupt it's the unk, it's the goddess, the revival of the goddess, and it's um, also about um, a different level of belief. It's about taking our beliefs to a whole different level and um, also remembering. When you remember, your beliefs change. It's interesting because everything's cyclic. You can either go backwards and remember or you can go forwards and remember. And the being that sits with me, which is me, it's a it's a higher, she's a higher dimensional aspect of the being that I am, integrated. She actually comes from the future. Mm. Well, she has to come from the future because she's got codes that are activating our biology now, which means the codes have already, you know, it's like the seed, the seed for a flower. Is technology. Everything's technology. Everything's sound and light technology. Everything is a seed that bursts into a flower. So the potential for this for the flower is in the seed. And the and the creator knows what that flower is going to look like, but the flower is going to take a journey through this three-dimensional um, uh, experience we call life. So the seed is known. And the flower is known, but the experience of that is unique. And we're just like that. We're just like flowers. We're a seed in the womb. We grow, we germinate, we're birthed, and then we take this journey. And the potential for that seed is in every single one of us, every single one mm. of us. And I think to be born at this time on the planet is truly to be, it's just such a gift because the potential that we have right now at this time, although it all looks a bit chaotic out there, this is our seed growing into its fullest potential in the garden. And um, this is another one, what we're looking at now, this is another one of the kingdom codes. So there are 17 beautiful codes that come in. I seriously don't know how she did that because I've tried to duplicate all this geometry and I, I have no idea how she did that. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even mm -hmm. find the buttons to push on the computer. So <laughs> um, 
Well, those 17 codes called the Keys of the Kingdom align with the 17 feminine codes. Jeff, you might have a couple of the, the birthing, the pregnant birthing mothers. I'm not quite sure, the voidal mothers. And they create a beautiful story about the feminine and the masculine. That's another, um, that's called the fall. Um, so a lot of it is um, the language of the Christed being, the blessing, um, the fall. You know, it's that huge biblical story uh, that we all that we all know, um, interwoven with the feminine goddess birthing creative story. Um, it's um, yeah. So in a nutshell, that's that part of the work. That's the sound and light technology, which continues to blossom, continues to grow, continues to evolve, continues to surprise me. Really surprises me every step of the way. Um, and it's a huge body of work. I've probably got a couple of thousand images, really. So um, because one code, because wow. it goes. That's amazing because you we've been blessed like Carol and I. Oh, go on. No, I'm not speaking. You go. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because there's a little time oh, yeah. delay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say um, we were blessed, like Carol and I have had a few conversations since we connected, and um, um, we've been blessed to have some of your um, beautiful codes and drawings. I mean, they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, like you say, they've got to come from the future because they're just so way, way out. So, um, yeah, I've got them around the boat at the moment <laughs> but they're they really are beautiful they are something else um so i was thinking it might be good if, when we go to sacred sites and things to take a particular one with us or something so maybe i'll talk about that later with you um yeah absolutely yeah they're just um absolutely um yeah so <laughs> bit of sound coming in um yeah yeah, so it's, it's, it's really fantastic. So um, what about the crystals? Do they play a big part in the sound and light technology? Well, every single one of us is, you know, nearly just over 80% water. So your whole body mm. is a crystal. Um, if there's water, there's, a, there's, 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 there's crystals. And so the, the cosmic instrument, which is the body, is a crystalline instrument, um, which is why we resonate so much with crystals, why we can talk to crystals, mm. because the body itself as a cosmic instrument reads and recognises frequency. It's a frequency machine. And it has the ability to um, um, speak the language of frequency. Actually, our, our innate language is the language of frequency. We feel it, we expand and contract with it, we hear it, we respond to it. It, it. You know, frequency is really the future, is the, well, it's the medicine, it's cosmic medicine. Mm. It's the medicine that we will all be evolving into and remembering. And the beautiful part about frequency and energy medicine is that it's how we play. I mean, it's music. It's literally how we play. It's how we play our crystal yeah, bowls. Yeah. It's how we play with our voices. It's how we play with the tuning forks. It's how we play with 
um, any kind of music is frequency, whether it's pure Hertz frequency with different channels of, of Hertz or whether it's beautiful sound with voices and toning and tuning, it's how we play. And you know, I often say, we only came to play and they made us all serious. They made us get all serious. And I just think it's the most, it's a travesty the way <laughs> the way we haven't been able to play because it's the child within us that is connected to the source of perpetual power. And if we're disconnected from that source, we forget how to play. And um, so as the, as the, human body is the cosmic instrument that plays with frequency plays with mm. sound whether that's crystalline whether that's a, a human tone whether it's a crystal bowl whether it's a tuning fork whether it's the sound of nature you know as your spine sits up against a tree and the, the tree is playing its frequency through in, through your spine and tuning your body you're lying on the earth and the whole earth is tuning your whole body I mean, this is how we play. It's essentially effortless to heal the body. But our program has distorted a lot of that innate ability to use the body as an instrument of high intelligent cosmic wisdom. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be stepping into that big time. In the next 10 years, we're not even going to remember um, what's gone. Because what's gone is not playful, is not fun, is not enabling the innate joy that we are to just blossom. We are actually in our blossoming. So if we have been seeds going through this life, going through the journey of life, we are literally coming up for blossoming. And just before the blossom, we're in a contraction just be, we're in a tight contraction because all the energy is built up inside that blossom. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, and then bang. And what we're about to experience on this planet, hang on to your cosmic hats, people, because there will be the grand awakening is a mass blossoming. It's a mass blossoming of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so you go from, you know, does the flower remember the contraction? go, oh, yes, I remember when I was so crutted. <laughs> or does it just live as the full blossom, you know? And then the nectar comes and then these come. You know, it just gets better and better and more and more. It just, it, it, it just gets better. Life just gets better and better. And we're at the time on the planet where we're actually going to consciously experience ourselves as blossom flowers. I know it might say, that's the only language that I have to be able to relate what's happening right now. It's all good. It's all amazing. And this it's is what perfect. we've all been waiting for. This is the grand awakening. But what <laughs> we're feeling is the pressure building up in the bud. We're feeling this huge pressure mm. and humans and they being, say with human beings. Go ahead. Mm. Andrea? Yeah. It's the yeah. It's no, I was going to. I was going to say um, <laughs> um, with, regarding the flowers, like we always say, you can't force a flower to bloom and grow, and you know that flower only bursts forth when it's ready, when it has all the right conditions, which is us. And I mean, we got nature, and I say to people, sit in nature, and I'm reading a beautiful book called um, "Listening to the Trees Talk." 
Um, and it's like if you sit against a tree and connect with the tree and, and even talk to the tree, for those that like talking to trees, I do, I'm a forest. So, um, But nature is, you know, the greatest gift or stand in the river and just have a paddle and, or, you know, like and if you're near the ocean, get in the ocean and, and have a swim. Um, not so quite so inviting over here, but... Uh, I did go to the swimming pool yesterday, which was not quite the same, but it was nice to have a swim. So, But yeah, nature is our greatest teacher. Eh? I mean, you know, we have we pick fresh nettles in the morning. We make our nettle tea um, and we haven't been that adventurous yet because, you, you know, through different circumstances and knowing what we're doing, we've, we've gathered some herbal books. So this is where you've gone into um tea making or herbal harmonics would you like to share a bit yeah yeah so about i was thinking trying to think today how long it's been and it was about 12 13 years ago um hello (laughs) a friend of mine was opening a herb shop and she didn't know anything about herbs she's also a a healer an amazing healer and uh, intuitive and she said, do you want to come and play? And I went, yes, <laughs> I'm coming to play. And um, so we spent about two weeks preparing the shop and getting it ready because it was an old shell of a place and we had to paint it and get it ready. And on the day that we opened the shop, I walked in and there were about 200 herbs lining the walls of this shop. I walked in and this wave of energy hit me and I just burst into tears. I was just overwhelmed with this energy. And I thought, what what on earth is this? This is like, this is powerful. And it was, it it was the herbs. It was the voices of these herbs who were just, it was almost like they were so happy to see me that I'd come to play. And they started to teach me. I got access to what I called or what was called the Voice of the Herbal Collective, which was one voice that spoke on behalf of every herb. And we started to run workshops. And, again, in the moment, I, I, I don't know whether it was Mayanya or whether it was another aspect or, or it's just the one being that just I'm already connected into this voice um, innately. I would say it's coming through the being that was within me. She was just plugging me into a whole nother octave of information that was coming through nature. And essentially what the herbs taught me is that um, every herb, because, again, it's all music. They say it's all music. It's everything's music. It's all about the music. Every herb is a note. Every herb has a specific note, a frequency, a unique frequency, just like we do as human beings. You... The human body is the cosmic instrument that can read those notes. So, for example, if you want to make a um, a herbal tea, a herbal blend for stress, generally what happens is herbs for stress are thrown into a pot. I'm going to take lavender and I'm going to take some ashwagandha and I'm going to take some lemon myrtle and I'm going to take some... Um, uh, Malungu and I'm going to take all the herbs that I know because of the reading that I've done that are for stress. Now, if you do that and you don't read the notes, 
you don't have a harmonic playing through the blend. You actually have a cacophony. And it can be more detrimental for your body than healthy and beneficial. So what, what I was shown to do, and in the beginning I used to do it by getting the packets of herbs and laying them up and holding them like this, literally taking a breath and just feeling this expansion of energy, like an atom bomb just bang going through my field. And I had, an, and I had a harmonic because the expansion of those notes was going out into consciousness and registering as this powerful resonant sound, like a gong. Like if you could hear a silent gong and your body was the instrument, that's what it was like. If I layered the herbs in and there was no harmonic, I would take a breath and there was nothing. There was no gong. There was no sound. Um, and then I realized, oh, my God, I don't even need the herbs. I can just write the name of the herb on a piece of paper and I can put the pieces of paper in my hand and the information is in the word because the word carries the vibration of the sound of that plant that has all the information in it. And so I could just do it with, with, with the names of the herbs. And so doing that, and again, this all comes from the planet. It's her language. They were called herbal harmonics. She was very specific about that. And a lot of that really was anchored after I got back from Glastonbury and spent um, a month in England and did a lot of work in Glastonbury and around that area um, and connected very deeply with the green man, very deeply. And the green man was the symbol on the first range of teas that my business partner then and I made. And he was carrying that frequency into the world, the green man. And it was as if, it was as if nature was saying, you know, nature is not just mother nature. Nature is a balanced harmony between the masculine and the feminine. And you must remember that. All of nature is a balanced harmony between the masculine and the feminine. And there's been this mother nature, there's been this mother nature, mother nature, mother nature. And it was like, yes, there's mother nature, but there's father nature. And he must be brought into the world because the world can't heal if he's not brought in. He's so necessary. So for the first five or six years, as we were developing and composing and doing the harmonics, and, and we created 18 harmonic blends, um, we then, I then got, a, I then got an opportunity by working at a place called the Golden Door in the Hunter Valley here in New South Wales, which is Australia's um, um, number one health and wellness retreat. I went there as a um, sacred psychology practitioner in my own practice, and um, I, I took the teas with me, and I said, I really want to be able to serve these teas to my clients. And then the chef said to me well, why aren't we serving your teas in the restaurant and why haven't we got them in the spa and why aren't they in the in the guest's room? So I went, well, all right. And so they've now been throughout that retreat, integrated right throughout um, for the last six years. And it, it, it's, had an, it's had a profound effect on um, health and well-being and not just mental health and well-being but spiritual emotional and energetic health and well-being for thousands of people and you know they just found their way 
I always say the T's take me. I don't take the T's. They take me. They guide me. There's a whole entity here that's guiding this whole thing and I'm kind of along for the ride. Um, and I'm just about to launch a global brand. We're rebranding. A woman that I met at the Golden Door who had a session with me and been drinking the teas. After the session, she said, I don't know what you do. I have no idea what you do, but we've got to do something with you. And I said, well, it's not me. It's the teas. She said, well, we're going to do something with the teas then. What are we going to do? And so we developed this beautiful brand and we're about to launch um, uh, the beginning of the year. And they're going out to the world. They're going everywhere. Um, five of the, of, the, of the blends are going to be launched. I know. It's so exciting. And um, she run, she's the director of an international ad agency. Like I couldn't have even come up with that if I had a plan that my business partner would be an international <laughs> agency director. And um, just today she said to me, Mania, do you think you could make an oil? I said, Lindsay, I've already made the oil. I'm about to make my fifth batch because I can't make them fast enough. They, they've gone before I've even made them. She went, oh, my goodness. She said, do you think we could have five oils because we've got five teas? And I just went, yeah, yeah, we can do that. It's, it's very accelerated at the moment. Anybody who's really aligned with their life purpose as an energetic, within the energetic spectrum and is living that passionately, it's like we've put our little boats into the river and the river's just like taking those boats. So I'm very excited about that, that... Um, that we'll have these amazing herbal harmonic teas that are transformative, um, absolutely extraordinary. And then we'll have these, um, what I call harmonic elixirs, which are the oil blends. And um, the one I've just made, mm. people was asking me, the first one they were saying to me, when are you going to do like a harmonic for, you know, what's happening with the virus? And I said, well, I, I, I just yeah. kind of have to wait. I kind of have to wait until I'm told to do what I do. And um, I had an extraordinary, I've had many masters that have come and worked with me that I've spent a long time with, especially in the Buddhist and Zen and Tantra traditions because that's a huge part of understanding mind. Um, under, you know, and when you have a, I have a practice, as I said, in um in this profound body of work, which is um, emerging of high level intuitive ability, this being is within me that just basically comes in and does all the defragging. She defrags programs, basically. You sit with me, you just get defragged. She just takes all the stuff out, um, dissolves all the programs. And for a long, long time, she was just working through trauma and um I truly believe that what we're doing right now on the planet as a collective is we're dissolving collective genetic trauma. And what we're seeing play out on the planet right now is mass consciousness trauma. Mm. And this is what this is what is being healed. Um, and once you've healed collective consciousness trauma, yeah, I mean, can you imagine the world we live in? And that has the ability to be healed like this. A blossomed flower is not in trauma. <laughs> so um, I think 
like you, Andrina, with your tools, with your sound, with your ability to play, with the playfulness that you bring by setting up opportunities for people to relax and I also run meditations and teach people how to relax and it's just bringing very, very simple, basic yeah. understanding. <laughs> you know, you've got to bring a very simple, basic understanding to what is essentially highly esoteric cosmic work. And, and um, so it's as simple as, you know, if you want to heal your body, you have to be receptive to healing energy and you can't be receptive to healing energy if you're tense and stressed. So you have to learn how to relax in order to be receptive. And people go, oh, well, that makes sense. Show me how to relax then. And so it's, 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 it's very, very simple. It's so simple. It's overthought. It's overworked. It's a, I mean, it is highly cosmic science, but when you break it down, um, it's very simple. It's one and one is two, you know. One and one is also three, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's, what is a simple equation always has a little bit of a kink in it. But um, essentially I just want to bring my gift and it's the gift that pours through me and it gives me so much joy whether I'm unfolding a new code on the computer, whether I'm composing a new elixir, whether I'm sitting with someone and watching the defragging happening. It's just um. It's just a, a, a beautiful process to be involved with. I think we've right, lost so, uh, Yeah, no, you it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. Hey, um, yeah. I was listening to your conversation there. So the first thing I want to pick up is the um, the green man. Um, yes. So um, many, many years ago, um, I used to go to um, England every year for 12 years. And one of the... One of the times I was there, my mate said, um, let's go to Glastonbury. I said, oh, yeah, what's on at Glastonbury? He said, oh, it's the Goddess Festival. So um, we got there, and, of course, um, the Goddess Festival consisted of about 300 females from all around the world, and they had these long flowing dresses down to their ankles. And um, they did a parade <clears throat> up um, High Street. And at the head of the parade was a gentleman who was all dressed up with his antlers and he's all green and all that stuff. Green and there was, uh, and was uh, the females representing, the um, following the green man, the bringing the male energy into the um, mm. mother nature, father nature. It's quite mm. a quite an opening um, statement to to see and and be presented to to the world, where the females then honoured the the male. So um, that was the first time I've actually seen that reverence, you know. I think it's very, very important for the masculine. I think it's very important for the masculine to see that he's honoured by the feminine, just as it is important for the feminine to see that she's honoured by the masculine. You know, it's not about power over or being under. It's about this balanced equilibrium, this flow of, I mean, we're composed of both masculine and feminine. And I think we're starting to see a kind of an androgynous energy transforming the human um, prototype, if you like, the human body. We're seeing this androgyny come in through uh, our children where there's, you know, there's so many words for it now. There's binary and, 
non-binary and um, I don't know what all the terms are because the genders are kind of merging in such an extraordinary way. But in traditional, um, in the South, well, certainly in this, in the North American Indian tradition, when the first white men went there, they saw that within those villages there were five types of um, um we could say sexuality five types so there was man man there's woman woman there's man woman woman man and what's called um two spirit two spirit so the man man and woman we know they're just gender specific man and woman the the woman man is the poet uh hang on the yeah the woman man is the poet the musician, the, the 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 one that we might call the homosexual, the the more effeminate man. Okay, he's effeminate. The the woman, the the man woman, she's the warrior. She's at the front as the warrior. We might call them the the butch kind of lesbians, the heavy set warriors, the fearless warriors, and then the two spirit has both the spirit, the equal balance spirit of the feminine and the masculine. And they were often the medicine woman or the medicine man or the cosmic being that has the connection to the higher, to the higher realms. So in the traditional society, there are five types of gender. And when the white man went there and it was basically the church that yes, went, no, 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 we're not having that. You're either a man or you're a woman. <laughs> so so the the natural flow of of the genders was pretty well put into two camps and anything out of those two camps was demonized or made wrong but essentially within our nature the expression of the human being there are um according to the indigenous tribes five different types of gender now doesn't that just for a moment free us up a bit you know, that I don't have to be this and I don't have to be that, that there's actually room for everyone to exist within that structure and everyone's necessary within the village. We need the poets and the musicians and the gentle men who are the healers, for example, and we need those strong, courageous, intuitive women who are the warriors, and then we need the women who birth and we need the men who hunt and we need the medicine man and the cosmic shaman. So um, I found that very interesting, actually, and I think that what we're seeing on the planet now is a kind of a return to this natural balance and natural order of um, and an understanding, a deeper understanding that everybody has their um, their place in their gender in a tribal village and it's, it's accepted and it's revered and it's necessary. We can be who we are. Hey, um, I'm hearing you. So I just want to step along to the next line of thought. Um, back in 2005, the French put out a movie and the European Union banned it. It was so um, uh, confrontationalist as far as the European Bilderbergers um, structure had in mind. And so it was called The Green Beautiful. The Green Beautiful. Oh my God, one of my favourite movies ever. My, one of my favourite movies. I love that movie. Yes. I love it. It's so hard and very difficult to actually find the English um, version of yeah. all the English subtitles 
you, you find it's being taken off. You find it's in Russian or you find it's in another language. But um, yeah. the actual beauty of it had a thread to it, which obviously the European Union and um, the world of monopoly um, in terms of consumerism uh, didn't like. And that was quite a pivotal point where um, people walked away from um, the whole capitalist system of commercialization and using the resources of man and then coming back to the playtime in it. So um, it's actually at the beginning, which is the most most amazing part of the movie is the fact that you see all these people traipsing over the green hills. It's almost like if you've been to Glastonbury as you're talking about, like people coming from all the different directions to come to Glastonbury. To have a picnic, yes. and then um, and then you see them all laid out and all sharing their food, and that and yeah. this elderly lady gets up and says, "Look, we've um, been approached. Does anybody want to go to Naxos?" And then, of course, as people stand up, they want to do an exchange and go to Naxos. And who wants to go to Christos? Yeah, we want to go to Christos. Who wants to go to Earth? And everybody goes, "Nobody wants to go." Yeah, <laughs> you think, "What's this? What's this movie all about?" You're like, "What's going on here?" So um, that's the thread of the story, of course. And um, then we see that this one particular lady decides that she's going to go that's because Manchester had gone to um, Earth and so she actually <laughs> then turns up in France. And, you know, it's a whole, the whole story just gets quite surreal. It's, it's sublime. It's, an extraordinary, it's absolutely extraordinary. And I remember um, when they were asked about how their planet had evolved because they've basically evolved back into nature. Everything's balanced, you know. They sleep outside. <laughs> all of the food is just provided. Their exercise, they're all doing gymnastics. Like they're all amazing gymnasts because that's how they stay fit. And there's another scene that is so extraordinary. At, at sunrise, they all sit and this comes right at the end when two of the girls from Earth go back to the planet and they're all sitting on the hill at sunrise and they're all going to see a show and they're actually just sitting in silence or sun sunset, watching the sunset and the two Earth girls are going, what are you, like, what are you looking at? And they're like, shh, shh, you'll get it. You'll get it. It's like you actually have to be still and silent and present. And it's like they're all hearing a silent symphony. They're all seeing this exquisite show. But you've kind of got to be able to be fully present with nature to be able to be in that silent symphony and, and be in that magical moment. That movie, I don't know who made it, but I think they came from the future. <laughs> I really do because it's exquisite. And, and you're well, right, you know, yeah. that they, you can't find it with the English. I think they took it down. It's so powerful. Oh, it is. Um, I mean, apart from going like this and tuning in across the cosmic space to be able yes. to yes. do that, it's quite surreal. But um, the fact that when the two uh, her, her two sons turn up to Earth because of Mr. Transmission and seeing these two beautiful Earth humans and they turn up, and they said, these people are really advanced. These people are really advanced. Why doesn't anybody want to come to Earth? And, of course, oh, we've been invited to breakfast. And, of course, they've ended up not in France or Europe. They've actually ended up in Australia, in Central Australia, and they've been talking to the Aborigines who have got this connection with the Earth. It was a really That's strong, right. positive statement, wasn't it? So, um, yes, it was. That, yeah. That, that was really, really good. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, there was another telling point in that movie too that um, was when they showed you all everybody tossing out into the streets all their TVs, electronics, and yes. back to nature. Yes. And that's what I was going to say before I got distracted. Uh, that they said, you know, how did your how did your planet become so advanced? And she said, all they did was they just boycotted everything. They stopped buying. They stopped buying. They stopped buying the machines. They stopped buying the televisions. They just stopped buying. And that was the collapse of the whole system. The collapse of consumerism happens when you stop being a consumer. You stop buying. And, um, again, I thought that was a very powerful statement, probably why it's been taken down because it was it, it really is a vision of a profound future and there's also a part when she's walking down the street and she's so telepathic when she arrives there and she can feel the disease in people's bodies you know everybody's gut is sick and she can and she does and she can't breathe because she said there's still burning fossil fuels here you know and the petrol is getting into her lungs and um profound whoever wrote i don't know who made the movie but i'm sure he's from the future or she whoever they are yeah will have a vision like that you know and um you know i'm often i'm often reminded that um that yeah it was it was one of the the best movies that it was I'm, i'm often reminded that 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 we're here to live a simple, a very simple life with a very profound awareness, you know, that we can live a very simple, beautiful life. We don't need a lot. We're given everything that, you know, the the food gets pushed up out of the ground and the rain and the water falls down from the sky. I mean, food is provided and water is provided. So we don't need a lot, but we need to develop an innate awareness of ourselves first, our own minds, our own programs, our own limitations, our own feelings, our own traumas. We need to be aware of ourselves. And in that, we become aware of others, truly aware of others. It's a sensitivity, I think, that we don't have because of this distraction which I've started to call the glamour. I think we've all been glamorized. We've all had this spell cast over us where this glamour has taken over. The glamorous lifestyle, the glamorous car, the glamorous girlfriend, the glamorous backside, the glamorous house, the glamorous, when I have that, I will be. If I could just have that, I will be. So it constantly takes us into this illusion of happiness through material things and we we then miss ourselves because it's taking us out rather than bringing us back in. And glamour, I think it's an old English word for a spell. So it's as though we've been under a spell. And that spell has stopped us connecting to this incredible sensitivity that lies within us. And the sensitivity is the mechanism within the cosmic instrument that connects us to everything. Well, um, 
we had a very profound movie called Avatar that just took the world by, well, did it say take it by storm? No, it took it by a, a consciously connected with people on the planet, become the, the mm. biggest revenue um, movie of all time. Mm. Now, in that particular movie, when um, the guy's running across in his blue body, across the tree, and then the woman's about to shoot him, and all of a sudden those little things come around and start dancing all around him, laying on his body. I think you might have a photo. Was it you? He's got the photo with the butterflies all over him. Um, might have been something else that comes through today. Anyway, um, my friends rang me up on Saturday and said, can you come up tonight? I said, oh, why? No, because we've got fireflies. I said, fireflies? Yeah, they just come up at dusk. It only goes for a couple of weeks of the year. So yeah. apparently the glowworms, when they mature, they become these fireflies. And so um went up Sunday and there was 11 of us all came up. And, and it was amazing how at dusk, all of a sudden these fireflies come through the atmosphere and um you can feel them. You can see them coming through and they they just come all around you and they like do the dance just like they did on the Avatar. It was a really surreal experience to, um, to feel, you know. And obviously we've got our phones, our cameras out of your phone and you're trying to take a photo so to show people get this experience. But sometimes you, you lose the aspect of you're there in the first place to, to enjoy the moment. But um, then you might tell people, hey, we had this experience. But once you've got some photographic evidence, you'd, you're showing all the doubting Thomases, get out and, and enjoy life. Get out and see what's going on around mm. you. Get in touch with nature, you know. Um, mm. Just mm. giving you a, something that happened to me just this last weekend, which was a profound experience for me. I've never come across that before. Yeah, I think it's um, it's those rare experiences that that enable us to be in wonder. And, you know, wonder is something that we live in as children. We've just arrived and everything is wonderful. We live in wonder. We live in wonder of things we've never seen before. Everything's new. Everything's wonderful. The colour of a tree, the colour of a bird, the sound of a bird, the sound of a new song. The, You know, it's and and we have to come back into the natural wonder and I love there's a quote in um, the book called A Course in Miracles which is a beautiful a beautiful um, sacred spiritual text and and uh, the quote is there's no degree of difficulty in the size of miracles <laughs> that there are, there's no such thing as a big miracle or a small miracle it's all miraculous. Uh, the miracle of how a child can be germinated in a woman's womb and grow and be born, I mean, that's miraculous. The colours, the spectrum of the colours of green, that's miraculous. The uh, it, Everything is miraculous. And I think, um, you know, those little moments, Jeff, when, you, when you're in a forest with fireflies, you're in the miracle. You're in the wonder of the miraculous mm. event realm of the miraculous and you've connected again to the to the child of wonder within you and i think we're all connecting to the child of wonder because the child of wonder has the connection to the perpetual source of power you know 
it's it, we have to reconnect to our power to our innate power and this world of distraction and this spell called the glamour has completely taken us out into this illusionary i mean it's the world and it's there but we kind of have to break the spell you have to break the glamour, break the glamour spell. And I actually think that's what's happening on the planet right now. I think there are many spells being broken. Um, there is a, an energy called the energy of the dark magician and the dark magician casts casts these magic spells. This, but they're actually, I don't believe they're true spells. I think he's a great, he's an illusionist. Um, magicians, as we know, create illusions and we believe the illusions and they're very, very good at making it look like real magic. But it's not real magic. We've got the magic, but we're going to have to connect to the source within us that enables us to be the, you know, the magician. And there's in that there is a word called, Andrina, we were talking about this last night, there is a word called imagination. And if you look at that word, it's I or one magi, magic nation. It, when we all turn on the I imagination, we all become the innate magicians that manifest, co-create, instantaneously heal, create gardens where the vegetables are so big one family can't eat one tomato. You know, we're, we're re-entering the realm of the miraculous. So, but we have to break the spells and access the real magic within us. And that means we have to be connected to our own sensitivity, our own vulnerability. And those are our greatest tools. They really are. I've had the pleasure of going up to um, Fintorn on three occasions here. So yeah. The <laughs> magic of Fintorn is an example that, um, just sentient beings such as humans can actually interface with um, the elements and I'm talking about nature here and the different um, realms that are available for us to become in tune with. I mean, it's a fantastic example of what can happen when you start working with um, the natural elements. And you talked about the foods getting really large and the tomatoes. That's exactly what happened at Fintorn. Um, exactly. And if it can... If it can happen at Findhorn, it can happen anywhere. You know, the abundance that the earth wants to put out when she's allowed to do it naturally is so huge. The whole world is fed. But what we've seen is this kind of interface of um, an interface that's created uh, limitation through um, chemicals, which are not organic, that then suppress the ability for the planet to be able to produce massive amounts of food for her children. And um, I think we're heading back there again, where we're just cycling back to um, connect, reconnecting to the earth so she can put out this abundance that she hasn't been able to put out. Well, that's yeah, the fact that um, Avatar as a James Cameron movie just touched so many people on the planet to reconnect mm. with their roots, isn't it? No? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and it showed so many things. It showed the
that right next to us is another dimension that is a whole other world that relates to the earth in a completely different way. You know, it showed that we have spiritual counterparts in that world that are connected with the elementals that also help them that are an integrated part of their world. Um, and which is another thing that we're coming back to. We're coming back into a deep connection with the elemental kingdom. And, um, and we need them actually, and they need us as well. I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many conversations I'm having with people about unicorns. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with the unicorns, people? Surely so many people are talking about unicorns. What are we going to start seeing unicorns soon? Dragons all these mythological creatures that um, especially people that I'm connected to who are working with within the elemental realms are with their third eye or with their, with their vision, they're seeing these creatures right in front of them. So the veils are thinning and magic is happening, real magic is happening, and there's a this is the great shift that's on the planet at the moment. You know, this this stuff of fairy tales is um, it has to come from somewhere. You can't just make something up. If it's in your imagination, it exists. So we're bridging that. We're bridging the imagination and bringing it, bringing a lot of it here. Everything that's ever created was first imagined so yeah. i know you used the word imagination um some time ago i actually felt the word should have been imagineering so imagineering is the fact it, first of all you have to imagine that's the most powerful thing that humanity's got is the power of imagination imagine yeah and then you and the en engineering of it is actually to be the engineer you've got to be the person who drafts it the archetypal archetypes bringing it together hold it and manifest it so um yeah um imagineering um andrina's just moved off from where she was so she's going closer to the um canal there um she's using a, a new product there that's put out by a company over there called three so we'll, obviously three is um the phone company over there so obviously their tower's not all that close so um Anyway, so she'll come back on. So um, we're talking about elixirs. Are oh, we talking about the dragons? I just want to say the dragons. I mean, Wales has the dragon. That's part of their flag. Of course, we've got St. George and the dragon. It's part of the mythology of England. And then we've got throughout Asia, we've got the dragon and the tiger have to mm -hmm. be in harmony for the Feng Shui priests to work with their um, understanding of those principles i mean um, hong kong shanghai bank over there on hong kong island were um, really under construction and then someone had the bright idea to bring the feng shui priest and they said mate you got you got this whole entrance the wrong way it's um the money's flowing in and the money's flying straight out so they had to redesign it so the actual entrances they've created a whole big suppose it's mezzanine floor i mean or atrium so you actually walk under the building you know so it's about two stories high before you actually come in from the side mm. on the north or the south to actually go up and then come into the actual you know um entrance to the actual um bank so um that allowed them to ma maintain and hold the money <laughs> so, 
because it's very important for our day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there wasn't yeah. in harmony. It was really quite a profound bloody experience to learn about that too, because on a Sunday, mm. every Filipino house cleaner is sitting underneath that building there, having um, their Sunday afternoon or Sunday out with all the other um, housemates from the Philippines. There, it's quite a profound. It sounds like. Yeah. It's five o'clock or six o'clock at dusk. I don't know if you get it down where you are, but the birds come out there and they get into those trees and they they probably have a bit of a chinwag about yeah you know, where they went that day to get their food supplies. But <laughs> hello, you're back. Good to see you. Oh, you're in the boat. Um, yeah, yeah, we're in the boat now. So um, I'm not sure if it was outside interference because it was the sound was coming and going um but we've got the high speed trains running along so i'm not quite sure and then the battery started to go so i've had hours of full charge but it's obviously taken a lot more battery so this is still a learning curve for me this is still a few teething problems so you know each week i'm learning more and more of what to do what not to do and and best so so I'm going to give you a little look now. There's a little boat going past on the canal. Live. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, they're just sailing. I'll just see the back at the minute. So, um, yeah, so I'm back. So um, it's been awesome listening to you and talking to you. You've got so much wisdom and knowledge and, you know, phenomenal, like, you know, because... I've gained lots from just connecting with you and um, and what I think I found really interesting was you talking about the notes of each plant. So I would like to know more about that because um, we're like really connected with nature here and the plants and we talk to the trees and, you know, we do all these, mm. all these things. Um, uh, so, yeah, so any... Is there a name of a book or anything that's got those um, frequency codes, um, hertz or anything that I could look at? Or is this come? I think from I might. I think I might have to. I think I might have to write it for you, Andrina. I don't think there's a book. <laughs> I, I think this. Look, there is a there is. Um, if you go, if you look at the Ayurvedic. And the Chinese medicine, oh. the Chinese call it... Well, there's one in the making. The, the Chinese call it... Um, oh, she's popped out again. A tonic herbalism. So their, their, their whole thing is that if you layer in more than one herb, you end up with a much more potent um, elixir or um, uh, medicine. So they they have this tonic herbalism where they layer in certain different um, plants to create their tonics. And I suppose herbal harmonics is the same kind of concept, except that herbal harmonics is specifically invested in teaching the individual how to use their body through their own awareness to to feel the frequencies so tonic herbalism is passed for the chinese is passed down through these 
great bodies of work, just like Ayurvedic medicine, it's literally passed down from family to family in a broken lineage of understanding how to apply the different um, medicines that they have to create the different applications. And Chinese medicine is the same. So these are the herbs and this is how we work with them. But herbal harmonics is more specifically about a person realizing that they have an innate ability to tune in and to feel the frequency. So you use the body as the instrument that is feeling the frequency. This is We have to start learning how to use our bodies as a frequency machine. Its first language is energy. Its first language is an energetic language, and that language is frequency. And um, so I think, I don't know, maybe I need to write a book, but I've already got like half a dozen books on the go. I don't know whether I'm ever going to finish one of them. I'm, I'm so, I'm a bit like a sister, you know, I've got too many projects on the go. But, um, but actually, uh, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, you could look at, yes. Go ahead. Just might interrupt there. Um, I think. We met a, um, a guy in Glastonbury called um, John Anthony, and then um, some years later, we met a guy called Squaller, Squallow. And um, what actually transpired is that the, the two interesting points here is that they both came from Damaha, that place up the terrain up in Italy. Yes, in Italy. And, yes. Yeah. So that um, community there um, uses plant orchestras where they've learnt about the frequency of plants and then they go and put the, their little tuning thing system they've got onto the actual plant there and it's got a tone that comes out. And then it's amazing how one plant, you can actually then talk to a, another plant before you know it. They've got this bloody cacophony or a symphony of bloody of plants playing. It is quite phenomenal, isn't it? And they sound, they sound like choirs like the spectrum of the sound is like a celestial choir coming from one plant. So I think in the green beautiful, what they sit down to at the end of the day at sunset when the world is quieting, they have the ability to hear the celestial orchestra of nature. I mean, who would need Netflix? Seriously. If you had the ability to sit down as a collective with your tribe for the show that nature is putting on today, and that's a sound and light show, that's the, that's the light coming through the full spectrum of the sky and the sun as the stars come up and the moons and the planet, and it's the sound of nature in this symphony that we can hear. I mean, you know... It couldn't possibly get any better than that. So, but we have to be able to tune in to be able to hear it. You have to be able to tune in to be able to understand how to use the technology in the body to be able to um, tune into higher frequencies. So just think, it's all going on. This, this silent symphony is going on all the time around us. But we haven't yet switched on the inner technology that allows us to have the, um, the experience of that. But the technology, believe me, technology is switching on.
It's switching yeah. on. I love it. Love it. it just, I, uh, I always share. I was just going to say, I brought, up, a... I brought up different movies, but I, there's one particular movie called City of Angels with Nicolas Cage, where um, they're all yes. spiritual helpers, and they all go down to the, the beach there to watch sunrise. So it's yeah. another situation of seeing the sunset. These guys go down and see the sunrise. Um, and I've had mm -hmm. that experience um, as well, to turn the sunrise, and you can see how the magnetic field on the Earth seems to start the the wave formations, you know, where it's been a flat sea and all of a sudden there's a pulse the next second, there's a surge and next second the waves start coming through. And in the mm. meantime, all the birds mm. are all there in the power lines or in the trees just waiting for the sunrise to come and they all start singing. I know, it's profound. It's profound. I often catch the sunrise. It's a, it's a, there's a stillness at sunrise. It's almost like the world is waiting to breathe, you know. It's just beautiful. Andrina, carry on. Andrina, were you going to say something? Right. Yeah, um, years ago, I think, or probably in the early 70s, um, there was a guy called Cleve Baxter. He wrote about plants and communicating with plants um, and plants as a lie detector. So that's, that's taking it to a completely different level. But the yeah, other well, thing completely... I was going to share was... Sorry. No, sorry. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, like I always say to people, you are an instrument and it's all about tuning up your own vibration, your own energy and like working with the voice, sounding, getting the sound out, but also um, toning into the body and, you know, breaking through the, the frequencies and, and the energy that's there is really powerful. Yeah, and remember also the the human body, which is a co cosmic instrument, is has built-in technology. So it has built-in energy centers. I mean, the Chinese call them upper, middle, and lower dantian, which are these huge vortexes of energy that need to be charged and tuned and then aligned through the central channel to be able to truly, truly start to tune the instrument. So, again, if you really want to tune your instrument, you have to be able to take that journey inward and start to work with your own technology. It, it, certainly, we also have this incredible, incredibly beautiful way of participating with others who have gifts that can tune us. But we have to start taking full responsibility for our own instrument. That's through what you eat, how you exercise, who you spend time with. Remember, it's all vibration. You eat high vibrational foods if you want a really good high vibration instrument. You spend time with high vibrational people who are really positive and creative and happy and joyous, and then your field is infused with high vibrational energy. And you have high vibrational thoughts. So you have to be aware of your thought forms and you have to know how to dissolve lower thought forms as well. So it's, it's, it's learning how to work with this technology in a way that you become empowered. You're switching the power on. You're charging the power up. You're learning how to tune your instrument, not just through external ways, but actually taking the light that is your awareness. It's your light. It's full of information. You're able to direct it. 
you're able to focus it, you're able to um, fine-tune the lens so that you can see into your body. I mean, imagine if you could actually... I remember when I started drawing jellyfish and this being would say to me, imagine if you could take your skin off. The light show is like the body of a jellyfish. It's a cosmic light show. It's all electrical. It's all coloured light flinging around in there. And, um, and when you have the ability to start going in, turning the light of your awareness in and moving into the body and moving into different circuits of the body through the meridians, through the blood, I mean, when you can go into the blood, it's extraordinary. Um, then you start having this whole, you've got this, this is an entertainment centre. <laughs> and, and when your own body becomes your electric light entertainment centre and you can access it and you can tune it and you can direct energy into it and out from it, this is when we really start understanding this um, sound and light body technology that we're, that we're born with. But we've never been taught how to use it. Never been. They're not teaching us how to use your how yeah. to use your electric light technology, your sound and light body technology. And um, I actually think that's kind of a plan. There's been a plan to take us away from the innate ability that we have, and to distract us, to create the glamour, as I call it. And as those spells break, as we start to get very, very practical, simple ways to be able to tune tune in, tune in, tap on, tune up, then we actually start to embrace and encounter the cosmic light body. Like why wouldn't you want to? It's all here. My whole body right now, I can feel my whole light body get so excited when I talk like this. It's just like it's just all resonating. It's just all resonating. There's so much excitement. So that's kind of what don't you? Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm that's why I'm here, to help to turn all of that on and to do it in the most effortless, joyous, playful way with, you know, whether you're drinking a cup of tea and you're turning that into a reflective meditation, whether you're um, putting a couple of drops on your the, your palms and you're tapping your your thymus and activating your cosmic shield um, or whether you're lying under a tree surrounded by 10 people who are all singing into your body and, and tuning your vibrational field. I mean, if it's not play, you're doing it wrong. That's what I'd say. <laughs> if you're serious, you're doing it wrong because your ego just walked into the room and you want that guy out. So, um, so yeah, you know, I can I can talk a hole in a paper bag, okay. so you are going to have to stop me when you're ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always say about acting, we act our shoe size, which is five, so <laughs> and not our ages. So it's about important, you know, thinking differently. Because <clears throat> I always say I deleted the aging program. I'm not I'm not going down that. That, that doesn't serve me. <laughs> I uh, love that. Might be a delay in this. Yeah, but no, it's been um, really uh, amazing sharing this wonderful wisdom, your light codes. And can, I know you can't send the oils um, overseas, but what about the teas? Can you send those? 
I certainly can, and I do. I send the teas all over the world. Um, I have a website. It's just www.mayanya.com, and the full range of teas is there. Um, I don't at this stage have the oils and the sprays just because they go so fast that there'd be no point even putting them on the website. But if you're interested, if you're in Australia, you can email me. That's the email down the bottom there, and I have I, I'm about to make another batch of oils. There'll be about 50 of them. I make 50 at a time. I do small batches. These oils, <laughs> once again, I'm just amazed at how it happens. Each oil, I am sure every bottle is already assigned. I, I'm sure <laughs> that every bottle has already gone out to the person that has uh, that is waiting for it. Each batch is the same ingredients but there's a subtle shift in the levels of those ingredients um, and they're, they're also charged with particular frequencies 369 hertz or 528 hertz and I also do Jeff you'll like this I do charge them with crystals with crystalline energy so the last batch was charged with um, shungite and that was interesting because I'd ordered the shungite from Russia I don't really do a lot of crystal stuff but shungite blocks EMF frequencies. And because I'm very sensitive to frequency, I was aware, or I was told I needed to get the shungite to stick in front of my modem to stop the EMFs. On the day that I finished making the last batch of oils and put them on the tray to charge them with the frequency, the shungite crystals arrived from Russia. And I almost watched the crystals fly onto that tray. And I went, oh, You've arrived for the elixir. So the elixir was charged with that frequency, and that's a 2 billion-year-old meteorite that is filled with, with information, cosmic information. So that was the last batch that went out. And once again, I put a post up, and it's just like bang. I'm like, how does this even happen? <laughs> like, how do but you know when you're in the flow, you're in the flow, and it's just a wonderful th thing to be participating with. There's an energy just picks everything up and just moves it to where it's supposed to go. So if, if it resonates with you, if you actually feel a resonance, if you feel excited, if, you, if there's a yes, send me an email and reserve a bottle of the elixir because they, they go very, very quickly. Um, I've still got some bottles of the spray. The elixirs are $35. I've made them very, very affordable, you know. I want everybody to have them because they're working with them as an antivirus protection. They come with a beautiful little card with a code. I'll show you the code. So about 15 years ago, I drew the antivirus code. That's what it looks like. See that? And then on the back of like that, the, uh, you... Sorry. It looked like um, cut, when you cut a orange or something or cut a lemon or grapefruit yes. pattern. And someone said it looked like the, the, the underside of a toadstool, you know. Oh, um, yeah. And then it comes with, um, on the back of that is what's actually in the oil and then there is an affirmation and a practice to um, embrace the sovereign integral being that is emerging. So it's it's more than just the oil. It's a whole resonant field that is going to open up, and it provides um, it provides protection, but it also has the ability for your field to dissolve low frequency energies in other people. It's it's profound. It's amazing. 
And that's the technology that we're getting access to. Well, that's brilliant. I think we'll have to have you back another time for more information when you've got more things out. <laughs> you've got so much wisdom to share with us. And I'm it's a shame that we can't get the oils over here, but we'll settle for a spray and a cup of tea. Okay, I can so do that it's for been, you. <laughs> but it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you so, so much. Um, thank you, Andrina. Thank you, Jim. Thank sharing you, wisdom. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll call that quits, but um, don't go away. Um, we'll just sign off and then we'll stay in the room. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yep. Love you all. Thank you.